Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Key fact, our brain power doesn't remain constant over the course of the day. It changes. It changes in material ways. And if you just ignore that, you're going to underperform. If you respect that, you can actually make better choices about when to do things. Thanks for joining us on The Road to Somewhere where we talk about exploration, adventure, major life change, and transformation. It's about not necessarily knowing where we're going, but having faith that the journey will be worthwhile. I'm Lisa Oz. I'm Jill Herzig. Today we are going to talk about motivation. We have our caffeine. We have our cappuccinos. (laughs) We're ready to talk about motivation. Um, When I talk about motivation, and I'm being honest, I always have to acknowledge that fear is a big part of what moves me forward. Um, and I'm working partly because this podcast seems to reinforce constantly that fear is not the thing to fall back on. I'm working really hard to get motivated by other things. But what what does it for you? What bounces well, you out of bed? It's so and- fascinating that you respond to fear by working because I am paralyzed by fear. Um, my response <laughs> to fear is quit. Like, Stay in bed. There's a nice soft bed. The covers go yeah, all the way up over my exactly. head. Exactly. <laughs> like you're going to fail this. Exa- I mean, I'm I'm still using the exam, but ex- example. But the exam but thing is always it's there. My whole life. It's, it's like, doing. It it is still working. It still has its clutches on us. The oh, exam does. Yes. Right. Yes, your exam that you studied perfectly for and handed in with a bow, and mine that's still somewhere in a typewriter in a garbage heap. <laughs> <laughs> 
But thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, we have someone who may help us on this journey of fear performance, I guess. Yes. Um, Daniel Pink is the best-selling author of six books about human behavior, work, and creativity, including Drive, To Sell as Human, A Whole New Mind, and When. Daniel, thanks so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, okay. And I'm not fearful. I'm not fearful at all. <laughs> about anything. You don't look nervous. Well, well, I'm not fearful of you. I'm, there are plenty of things that I'm fearful of. So help us out here with motivation, because clearly yeah. we respond differently. We have different motivational triggers. I don't think we're unique in this uh, predicament. No, human beings are complex. Human beings have a mix of motivations. And so to say that we're motivated by a single thing isn't right. The, the science doesn't tell us that. Um, motivation is in some ways layered, and different kinds of motivations lead to different kinds of behavior. So let's talk about this. So human beings are motivated by biological urges, right? We drink when we're thirsty. We eat when we're hungry. We have sex to satisfy those kinds of urges. And so human beings have biological urges. There's no question about that. Obviously, it's self-evident. But we would never think that human beings are only their biological urges, right? I mean, maybe a few. I have a 17-year-old son, so that might he might be the exception. <laughs> but, beyond, but, beyond, but beyond that, um, you know, we, we, we're, we're more complex than that. And here's the thing. We respond to rewards and punishments in our environment. And so in general, in many cases, if you reward behavior, you will get more of that behavior. If you punish behavior, you get more of that behavior. And I would put fear into that second category. Uh, I would put what Jill is talking about, the fear is like basically an external, something external that is shaping our behavior. And mm. there is no question that human beings respond to those kinds of things. So let's call that our second drive. But we also have a third drive. And our third drive, which I think we neglect a lot of times, and, and in some ways what your show is about is in, in some ways surfacing that third drive, which is that we do things because we like it. We do things because it brings us joy. We do things because, here's one that we always overlook, because it's the right thing to do. We do things because it connects us to other people and fosters a sense of belonging. We do things because they contribute to the world. We do things because they're fun. And so we have to look at, we have to take that three-dimensional view of human beings and recognize we have all three of these kinds of drives rather than say human beings are only, you know, uh, mice in mazes who respond to, you know, attractive cheese or unattractive cheese. Or human <laughs> beings are, you know, human beings only, you know, it's like it's all about either fear or greed. Those are the only motive. It's just not, it's not fundamentally true. But a lot of what you talk about in your book is the fact that our institutions are set up to just do the carrot stick thing. Just, you know, lure us with more money or punish us with either less money or getting fired, something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely, and and that's a that's a that's a great point, and and I want to pick up on your on your on your um your your point about fear because it's actually helpful in understanding what's what's going on here. So here's a way to here's a, here's a way to look at it. Fear is a very very useful motivator. It, it really is. It's a very very useful motivator because fear is an emotion that narrows our focus. Okay, the, and and so this is why the reason that we for there are evolutionary reasons why we experience fear. People who are incapable of, of experiencing fear have not made it to today because they died, right? <laughs> and so, you know, so fear is a very, so fear is a narrowing motivator. And mm -hmm. so fear is a great motivator for getting out of a burning building, right? Or for protecting your kid from, you know, a, 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 an angry animal, you know, come, you know, so it's a great motivator. It's a narrowing motivator. And so when we think about this, there are some motivators that narrow our focus 
and some motivators that widen our focus. All right. And so what we and here's what we know. When we think about carrots and sticks, right? Forget about the reward or the punishment. I, I like to call those rewards. What psychologists do is call those rewards controlling contingent motivators. Too many syllables for me. <laughs> I like to call I like to call them if-then rewards. As in, if you do this, then you get that. If you do this, then you get that. Here's what 50 years of social science tells us, not about all rewards, but about if-then rewards. If-then rewards are great. They work very well for simple tasks with short time horizons. And the reason for that goes exactly to exactly to Jill's, to Jill's point. Human beings love rewards. We love them. 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 Yes, I mean we can get addicted, right? Uh, it's a, it's an interesting point. I mean, I think there is I think there is something both both psychologically and perhaps even physiologically akin to addiction. I think that's a really really interesting. I think it's a really interesting point. And so, if you dangle money in front of me, if you say, "Hey, you know, Dan, if you um, if you tell a funny joke, or no, better yet, let's do something simpler." So I so we're so if you say, Dan, if you stand on your chair on your desk on one leg for three minutes, uh, we'll give you 500 bucks. I'm totally there. I would totally do that, right? (laughs) But And and I would be very focused on that task. Why? Because rewards, contingent rewards, narrow our focus in the same way that fear narrows our focus. And that's very good for certain kinds of things, for simple tasks. But let's say we want to do something creative. Let's say we want to invent an entirely new kind of podcast. Let's say we want to come up with a product or a service that the world didn't know it was missing. You don't want to take an expa- a, a narrow view of that. You want an expansive view. You're not going to solve a creative problem by focusing on it narrowly. You're not going to come up with a great new idea by being in that fearful crouch. You want and to be maybe, more expansive. And maybe this keys into our theme of change. I mean, you're not going to fi- find a creative solution to feeling stuck or feeling... So how do you motivate yourself to perform with a widened focus? Well, what you have to do then is you have to be in... Now, it, 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 I don't want to put all the onus on on individuals here, Lisa, because we were talking about... Because individuals exist in situations and they exist in certain kinds of environments. And as you guys were talking about before, there are many institutions, let's say schools, many companies that are fixated on those if-then rewards. And so what they should be doing is creating conditions where people can be that take that more expansive view. And what that means is providing a set of conditions that go like this. So let's take it at work. First of all, you got to pay people fairly. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get motivation at work if people are being treated unfairly. The answer, when, when I, you know, we'll probably talk about intrinsic motivators here in, in a moment. The fact that human beings have intrinsic motivators, the fact that we have this third drive that we were talking about does not mean that people don't care about money. Of course, people care about money. You can't say, I don't want some boss listening to this and saying, oh, wow, these three, do, these three people say that, that intrinsic motivators are really the ones that matter most. This is awesome. I can you know, scrimp on salary and recompensate my people in units of bliss. That's <laughs> nonsense. That's crap. That's total crap. You, so, you have to, so in organizations, you have to pay people fairly. You have to pay people enough. At some level, you have to take the issue of money off the table. Once you do that, to Lisa's question, you want to give people a sense of autonomy some control over what they do, how they do it, when they do it. When people have this sense of sovereignty, and, and this is part of this is part of what inspires people to change in some cases. They feel too controlled. They they feel like they don't have sovereignty over what they're doing, and so they seek they 
to, to slip those um, shackles in a sense. So sense of autonomy, people want to get better at something that matters. We can call that mastery. So getting better at something that matters, making progress, and also purpose. We have completely undersold purpose as a motivator. Like, why am I doing this in the first place? Why does it even matter? And when you treat people fairly and give them the autonomy, mastery, and purpose, the evidence is pretty clear that they're going to do better. Now, it doesn't happen instantly. And we can talk more about you know, change and how to use these things for behavior change. But, um, but, but that's, really the, that's really the recipe. It takes a three-dimensional view of human beings. So when we come back, we are going to talk about change and how we use these things to motivate people to change. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, before the break, we just touched on intrinsic motivators and Daniel Pink had thrown out there a tease on how we can use those for change. And that's what we're, this is what we're here for. So help us out here. Change. Yeah, I mean, I, I am so with you that companies need to, you know, pay people fairly, give them freedom, give them autonomy, let them, let them get good at stuff. But what do you do as an individual yeah. when, you're, when you're managing yourself? Yeah, uh, it's it's it can be it can be challenging because it's very hard to disentangle the person from 
situation. And so, but, but we can, we can, we can try to do that. So let's, so, so one of the most important things is to, is to look for uh, on any of these dimensions is to look for small wins, right? I, I think that in some ways, when we come, when we think about individual change and when we think about even institutional change, we have um, been deluded a little bit by this notion of moonshots and big, hairy, audacious goals. And, bleh, you know, and when in fact, if you, if you look at the ground truth of how people change or how institutions change, it's usually through small wins. Small change leads to another small change, which leads to another small change that retrospectively you say, holy smokes. If you, I mean, I'm from Ohio, so I say, holy smokes. <laughs> you, say, you look back and you say, holy smokes. This is actually a big, a big, a big change. So I think that, that one step on individual is is to look for a, a small win. Don't ask yourself, "Can I change everything?" Because you can't. Ask yourself, "Can I change one thing in my midst that will make things better?" And the answer to that question is, you all almost always can. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really true. I, I also think that reflection is part of that as well. You, you can say, "This is the win I'm going for," and I, I think I can do it. And then you do it. But then you have to spend some time saying, "Look what I did." <laughs> Look okay, at my can win. I, let, but, <laughs> but sometimes there's, I there's, speed right right past that part, you know. But this is such. There, there's some really, really good research on that particular point, and and I, I think it's actually one of the most important pieces of research in the last twenty years dealing with uh, basically dealing with dealing with talent. It's the work of Teresa Amabile at Harvard Business School. And what she did is, is she did, um, she got several hundred people at organization, all, all American, I think all North American, at least like eight or nine companies and nonprofits. And she had them um, agree to receive an email at the end of every day. And the email said, how was your day to day? Were you motivated or not motivated? And why? Okay. So every single day, people would respond by email saying, I was motivated because of this. I was not motivated because of that. Um, and that's a, a very good measure because if you say to me, if you say to me, literally, seriously, if you say to me, how was your week last week? As I think about this right now, I literally cannot remember what happened last week. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm not going to be, I mean, I'll figure it out eventually. But at the moment, I'm completely clueless about what even happened last week. But if you ask me at the end of today, well, was today a good day or bad day? I know immediately. So she, she compiles this stuff for more than a year. So hundreds, she ended up with basically 12,000 daily diary entries of people's day-to-day motivation. It's a massive piece of research. She found the single biggest motivator day-to-day at work was making progress and meaningful work. The days people were making progress were the days that they were motivated. However, to your point, we often don't know when we're making progress because we don't take a moment to reflect or memorialize the progress that we're making. And this is why like, I'm a big fan of, I mean, this is not a, a, a great term of what I like to call progress rituals. And what I've been doing for years, based on Teresa Mabile's work, is that at the end of every day, I will, I actually, at the end of every day, I will take literally 60 seconds, sometimes 60 seconds, literally 60 seconds, I mean, honestly, no more than that, to memorialize what I got done today. So there's a there's a, a service. It's it, it costs money. I, there's a, there was a free version of it called I Done This, mm-hmm. which will send you an email at the end of every day saying what'd you get done today, mm-hmm. and you respond to that email and it records it for you. And so at the end of every day, I will record what I got done today, and mm-hmm. that gives me, as Jill is saying, that moment of reflection. And it's like, whoa, okay, I did get something done today, and. 
what you find is that if, if making progress is a single day-to-day motivator, people need information. They need feedback. They need reflection in order to know that they're making progress. And so that, that progress ritual is super important, especially when you're going, especially when you're looking for small wins and you're not going to change everything all at once. Between the motivation and that progress that you can write about, for, for me and for, I'm sure, some listeners out there, there's that gap of action. So it's, it's not necessarily a lack of yeah. motivation, but that pro- cloud of procrastination. It's like, yeah. I want to achieve something. The motivation's all there, but the, the connection between motivation and action is missing. How do we, how do those of us who are not, <laughs> are not good actors yeah. deal with that? Uh, I mean, that, I mean, you've, you've, you've identified at a, at a deeper sense, Lisa, like what might be the biggest problem uh, bedeviling large organizations, which is what's, which is what's known as the knowing doing gap. Okay. We know what to do. We just don't do it. And so the way to cross, that's a very, very complicated problem to solve at the individual level. What you're talking about in some levels is, is procrastination or basically feeling that you want to do something, but not necessarily doing it. And so there's a lot of research on procrastination. One of the things I, I just I want to defend procrastination for a moment here. <laughs> it, it's, it's such um, an underdog. It, let's 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 stick up for but it. Not not all procrastination is inherently bad. It really isn't. There's some research showing that actually certain kinds of procrastination serve a purpose. It's a signal to yourself that you're still incubating the idea that you're not quite ready to... For like 30 well, years? <laughs> 30 years is a little bit longer than average. Let's put it that way. So here's what... So, 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 so the, the, but again, the research on small wins gets us there. One of the things that you can do, you can, you can trick yourself, and I'll give you a really good technique for this. You basically just trick yourself and say, okay, let me give you an example. Um, let's say that I said, you know what? I, you know, I love fiction and you know i've been writing this other stuff but what i really always wanted to do was write a short story i just and and i never get around to it so how do i solve that how do i solve that problem here's what i do i say to myself i trick myself and say you know what this afternoon or you know after this interview i'm gonna take 10 minutes that's it 10 minutes and write and start writing a short story i might have one sentence i might have four words just that 10 minutes right? Then I come back the next day, maybe another 10 minutes, maybe the next day, another 10 minutes. And you begin to trick yourself into, you give yourself that feeling of accomplishment from those 10 limp, those 10, those 10 minutes can sometimes be greater than the feeling of, 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 Paralysis. The perver- <laughs> yeah, the perver- Well, the 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 the, the, the uh, okay. Uh, let, let's let's just let let's just be revealed. Okay, I love watching sports highlights. Okay, and and so it's obviously as a writer, it's more productive for me to write than to watch sports highlights. <laughs> but watching sports highlights brings me some amount of pleasure, right? But so what I have to do is I have to teach myself that that ten even that ten minutes of writing is ultimately more pleasurable, more enjoyable than that. Than watching sports highlights, but you have to start. You have to start small. You don't this, say, "Okay, you know what?" Thing called yeah. the Pomodoro technique. Boom! Exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is where I was. This is where I was going. But but you tell, have, have you used that? Have you used that? Um, no, it's stuck in my mind though because it's so cute. What it's named after? It's named after that kitchen timer that looks like a tomato, and it's an Italian gizmo. So it's called. A pomodoro, and I guess every Italian kitchen has it. And you're basically just supposed to set it to 
10 minutes and that and and then do your thing do the thing that's paralyzing or intimidating or whatever you. the pomodoro technique is Did I get that right? a absolutely the pomodoro technique which is which is again italian word for tomato is pomodoro so the italian so all it is is you set a timer to do for whatever you know let's call it 10 minutes and you just don't do anything else just do that task for 10 minutes i i, I think what the pomodoro technique is one of the most brilliant and evidence-based productivity. You know, we're watching all these like productivity hacks and all this kind of BS. That one is actually one of the smartest and most evidence-based things that we have. And and here's the thing. I, I, it's like it's like the guy who just passed away a little bit ago, the, the hair club for men guy. It's like, I'm all, I use the Pomodoro <laughs> technique myself. Um, I even, I'll tell you what, I wrote this book when I even thanked the founder of the Pomodoro in my acknowledgements because... <laughs> It was so helpful in getting that, getting that done. Well, when we come back, I want to talk more about when. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We were talking about the Pomodoro technique, which is a timer. But I want to talk about timing because your new book is When the Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. How important is timing? 
it's hugely important. Why? We just don't take it. We just don't take it seriously enough. Um, so, I mean, at a, at a deep level, it's because human beings are temporal creatures. Uh, we we have when we talk a lot about the biological clock, but what we know from uh, molecular biology and other sciences is that human beings have biological clocks basically in every cell in their body. So you and I are all we're walking timepieces. We're moving through time, right? Our interview began in the past. It's gone. It hasn't ended yet because that's in the future. So so um, and and what happens is is that in our work and our lives, we often take very seriously what we're going to do. We have, I mean, here. I got a to-do list here, right? <laughs> we do. We take that very seriously. Uh, we, t- in, inside of companies, we, we take very seriously uh, who does stuff. We have an HR department. Uh, we have education and training. How is how to do stuff. But when we talk about when we do things, we think it doesn't matter. And there's a pile of evidence showing that when we do things matters, both in terms of um, the unit of a day, but also how beginnings affect us, how endings affect us, how midpoints affect us. All right. So when is the right time? Does everybody have to determine that individually? Well, yes and no. Here's what, here's, okay, let's say, let's take the unit. Let's take the unit. Well, sometimes you don't have full control all the time. Let's, let's take the unit of a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so let's just make this simpler. Here's what we know. Human beings tend to move through the day in three stages. There's a peak, there's a trough, there's a recovery. Now, it gets complicated because not everybody is the same. There's something important called a chronotype. It's an idea that comes from the world of chronobiology. Some people say, I'm a morning person. I'm an evening person. All right? It sounds like folklore. It's not. Chronobiologists have won the Nobel Prize in medicine. Here's what we know. 15% of us, inherently early people, we naturally wake up early and go to sleep early. But 20% of us are inherently late people. We're owls. Go to sleep late, wake up late. And about two-thirds of us are in, are in the middle. And to oversimplify things a bit, what we know is about 80% of us, are either of you night owls naturally wake up late and go to sleep late? Nope. Okay. So we'll neglect the night owls because they get neglected all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm only good for Netflix at night, basically. <laughs> 20, 20, so, so about 80% of us move through the day in this order. Peak early, trough in the middle, recovery late in the day. And here's what we know. During that peak period, which is for most people is, is early in the day, that's when we're most vigilant. That's when we're most vigilant. And what does vigilance mean? Vigilance means you're able to bat away distractions. And so that makes, there's a lot of research showing that the peak, that, that, that peak period, which for 80% of us is early in the day. For night owls, it's later in the day. For night owls, it's when you're watching Netflix. It's 8 o'clock at night, but 9 o'clock at night. When you say early in the day, you're not talking about early risers like, oh, 6 a.m., I got to get in my, you know, it's not, we don't, we don't my have, novel. We don't have that level of granularity. It's okay. basically, you have to, that you have to figure out for yourself. So sometime um, before so, midnight. Well, I mean... <laughs> Early in the day typically means morning, but it's like the, the idea, again, it's like a lot of this productivity hack nonsense. Like everybody should get up at 4.30 and st- <laughs> no. Uh, but what it shows is that most of us um, have do better at certain kinds of tasks, tasks that require vigilance early in the day. So vigilance would mean things that where you have to bat away distractions, um, uh, writing, analyzing data, going through the steps of a strategy, okay? So then early to mid-afternoon, what you see across all kinds of different measures is early mid-afternoon, declines in mood, big time, big declines in performance, big declines in performance. So you see it in, I'll give you one quick study here out of, out of Denmark. 
Denmark has national standardized tests and uh, the students take the tests on computers. The typical Danish school has more students than computers, so everybody can't take the test at the same time. So what the, the Danes did is they randomly assigned these kids to take the test at different times of day. Some took it early, some took it late. The kids who took the test in the afternoon scored as if they missed two weeks of school. Mm. Just randomly assigned, yeah. And you see this with a whole Even though with teenagers, of, they're supposed to be sort of well, that's another issue. until let's, 11 in the morning. Let's get let's 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 get to that and let's get to that in a moment. This is this is your great point. This is elementary school students. You see it mm. in you see it big time in medicine. You see it big time in medicine. Um, uh, anesthesia errors are four times more likely at three p.m. than at nine a.m. You see doctors more likely to prescribe unnecessary antibiotics in afternoon appointments versus morning appointments. Doctors more likely to prescribe opioids in afternoon appointments than in morning appointments. Doctors less likely to recommend flu vaccines or mammograms in afternoon appointments versus morning appointments. So there's a big dip in performance, um, in the, especially in the early to mid-afternoon. And then the third stage is the recovery stage, which is a really interesting stage. What you have here is you have our mood goes back up late in the day, early in the evening, but our vigilance doesn't. And so that is actually a really potent combination for what psychologists call insight problems. Those are problems that don't bend to mathematical logic, that, that require non-obvious solutions or seeing around corners or that kind of thing. Uh, let's say brainstorming. Uh, you've been in brainstorming sessions where everybody's hypervigilant and they'll say, that's a bad idea. That'll never work. That's mm. stupid. That's not an effective brainstorming session. Um, and so you want to do that kind of work during the recovery period. So what we know is that we should be doing our analytic work during our peak, our insight work during the recovery, and we should be doing during that trough period. We should a nap. couple of hours. Yeah, we go should to Europe, nap. have a siesta. They got it <laughs> well, right, right? They did it. Well, Long you know lunch, what? A little nap, and they, then go back they, to work. There is a there is a logic to the siesta. The siesta isn't simply like Americans are like, you know, you guys are so lazy. Um, and because we have this pure, we have this puritanical notion that the way to get more stuff done is to power through, that that's effective and that's also morally virtuous. When in fact, the evidence tells us that real professionals take breaks. And especially during that period when they know their performance is, they know that their performance is off. So what we have to reckon with is is, is this key fact. Our brain power doesn't remain constant over the course of the day. It changes. It changes in material ways. And if you just ignore that, you're going to underperform. If you respect that, you can actually make better choices about when to do things. How do you tell your boss that, though? I mean, I feel like you're working in a company and you're there working and you're like, ah, the next three hours, I'm, I'm not actually going to come to those meetings you have scheduled. That's a great point. So, so there are a couple of things that you can do. One of them is that you can. So, so one of the ways to persuade bosses is that like, this is like the master lesson that I learned the hard way in my life is that bosses describe, you got to appeal to bosses in terms of their own self-interest, all right? As emotionally intelligent and lovely as some of them are, ultimately, they don't care about you. They care about <laughs> themselves and they care about their job. So you have to appeal to them in terms of their own self-interest. Um, and so you need to make the case in terms of why it's going to be better for them if you don't come in at eight o'clock and instead come in at 10 o'clock because you're, like, you're not a super early morning person. Why um, actually going out for a walk or a run midday is actually going to allow you to do more rather than, rather than do less. And 
And, and for bosses, I'm convinced with bosses, this is like true for persuasion, motivation, whatever. Bosses tend to group people into two categories. People who make my life easier, people who make my life harder. And so if you can put your choices in the make my life easier category, you have a, you have a, you have a fighting chance of doing it. But I put some of the burden on bosses yeah. um, to say that, like, oh, I got this, I, I have this group of software developers who are, let's, to, to, to Jill's point about some, some younger people, because uh, what we know is that there's a big move toward lateness between the mid-teens and the late-teens for, for a lot of people. This is why high schools start way too early. It's yeah, absolutely it's absurd. Yeah. So let's say, let's say I've got, let's say I've got a, a group of 21-year-old software engineers um, who are on the late side, who are, who are hourly, and I'm a boss. I shouldn't be saying, oh, you have to show your commitment by coming in for an 8 a.m. staff meeting. That's, that's being an idiot. That's being a bad boss. I should say, how can I create the conditions that allow the people working here to do the very best work? Yeah, you know, what you said about convincing your boss, my sister-in-law just did this. She, she started a new job about nine months ago. She proved herself. She was doing really well. Her boss highly valued her. And, but she'd had to quit doing yoga because they're, they're a very show-up-early FaceTime kind of place. And she went to her boss and said, you know, I, th- I really think I'd be more productive and do even more for you if I could take yoga twice a week. And he said, sure, that sounds yeah. good. And I, mean, that's how, that, I don't know, that, she really how, didn't expect him to be okay with it because they are, their culture is oriented toward, you know, everyone shows up at one time and stays till, you know, till six. So, that's, how, anyway, that's how you do it. You change say, boss, you know what? I, boss, guess what? I just came up with this incredible way for me to work more and get more done. Interested in hearing about it? Yeah. Yoga. Oh, okay, great. Go, go for yoga. You have to you know, give them the carrot. You have to, yeah. you have to well, give your you, boss you the you carrot. To, no, this is, this is, this is I'll where I'll earn you beings, more money. <laughs> this, is, this is where human beings fall down all the time. We're, we're terrible at taking other people's perspective. Uh, we're very, we, think that everybody is, we think that everybody is looking at the world the way we are. And what we have to do is we have to get out of our own head into someone else's head and see it from the boss's perspective. Because that boss, your sister-in-law's boss, she could, he, he or she could have been uh, being pressured by their own boss, by a company that is like barely staying afloat, whatever. That person has pressures too. So getting out of our own heads and, to, uh, and, and seeing things from other people's points of view, if everybody did that a little bit better, the world would be a better place. Well, amen to that. I think we all should go take a yoga break right about now. <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You can subscribe to Daniel's biweekly newsletter, The Pink Cast, to follow his work and get his books at danpink.com. Also, connect with him on Twitter at Daniel Pink. The Road to Somewhere is recorded in New York City. Make sure you share, subscribe, rate, and review us. And let us hear from you. Where are you on your journey? Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod to Somewhere. Email us at roadtosomewhere at iheartmedia.com. Special thanks to our producer, Alicia Haywood. Thanks for joining us on The Road to Somewhere, available on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.